The Buzz is now available on demand. Just go to morningbuzz.com and use the keyword on demand. And you can hear podcasts 24 hours a day, seven days a week from anywhere and all free. Now, welcome back to Greg in the Morning Buzz. Ladies and gentlemen, you got a legal question? Don't take matters into your own hand, man. We'll write a quick email. We'll help. We'll, we'll ask the counselor. Buzz Legal Advisor Attorney Ryan Russman in studio. I'm trying to think. I don't know if there's any major legal. Uh, oh, my God, uh, there is. Well, Are you kidding I've been me? away for this, a week. Well, okay. I'm so, seriously. So, never mind the Supreme Court. And, I know oh, that. Okay. Well, that I mean, that is by far the, the most incredible and impressing news in our in the legal community. And I know that's not necessarily a state story, but a national story. Oh, yeah. And has enormous significance on all of us yeah. for what could be the next 30 or 40 years. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how the confirmation hearings go. And... Um, I'm looking forward to hearing what uh, this new judge has to say. I'm looking for a completely nonpartisan approach to everything and a reasonable perspective on <laughs> yeah, both right. sides of the fence. That's yeah. what I'm expecting. Well, you Why know, would I expect anything else from our government? Yeah, well, exactly. No, yeah. I mean, it, it, the vitriol will continue, but yeah. I, I find that to be entertaining. You yeah. know, I do find it to be entertaining. So yeah. we'll, we'll see how that all develops. But, you know, locally, there's been a huge push. You know, we, we're talking about, you know, the summertime, uh, if you will, festivities and uh, New Hampshire Marine Patrol's got a huge push out there to enforce uh, drinking and driving on the waterways. Yep. Um, and so there's been an enormous crackdown that I've seen in that area. Uh, so, you know, you just have to be careful and be responsible no matter what the activity is. Uh, early July, uh, July 1, I think, right? Vermont, uh, the laws changed to marijuana it has, in Vermont. So which, they're much more liberal uh, approach to Vermont. Uh, to, uh, Absolutely. No, we have Vermont listeners up there, and mm-hmm. so they should familiarize themselves with, with your state jurisdiction. But I will tell you, because this radio broadcasts across now multiple states, that you really have to be aware of what your local jurisdiction talks about. That's the and complicated thing. It, it's it, different it, it really everywhere. Is. It really is. And so I see this all the time. You know, People come down from Maine. They're traveling from Maine to Massachusetts, Massachusetts to Vermont, across the New Hampshire border. And we have vastly more conservative uh, regulations and laws around that, and people really need to be familiar with it. And yeah. you cannot simply rely on, well, it's legal in my state. I'm like, well, guess what? Right. You know, doesn't you, work. it doesn't work. It's not a defense. Um, you know, there, there are social mores that are changing, and I imagine that even in this state at some point there'll be some <coughs> changes, but right now we are uh, behind our, our neighbors in terms yeah. of legalization and, and regulation. Um First question is uh, kind of an interesting one, kind of a broad one, and it deals with, you know, Internet leaks and hacks and Social Security numbers, with, especially with credit companies like Equifax and stuff like that. Is, is there any recourse? And I know that you can only speak to New Hampshire in general, but well, legally, if, 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 if a credit company leaks your information and your Social Security number gets out there and you get hacked... Is there any legal recourse for someone very that happens little, to? Uh, very little. You know, and, and unfortunately, the regulations that uh, Congress has promulgated to protect citizens have, in the more recent term, been really rolled back. And what that does for folks that are victimized by Internet uh, crime and fraud like that, where Social Security numbers are leaked by organizations that should have literally locked those things down, there's not much that can be done. What they do offer are, are if you will, uh, a review of your uh, uh, your credit report over a number of years, uh, but there's very little in the way of financial damages that you can recover. Yes. And, and that is, I guess, the important point because, and I will say this to you, that I do this with my own information, 
be very judicious about what you put out there on the internet because once you put that on the internet, yeah. it's in the wild. And, and listen, we're a culture where Amazon and online purchases are really be the norm. But I have to tell everyone that you want to check to make sure that the sites that you're using have robust security, that they're in the way of protecting your information. And if you don't do your own due diligence, you know, it, unfortunately, it could come back to bite you. I uh, yeah, that that's it's amazing to me that th- things like that can happen. Your finances can be affected greatly, mm-hmm. and yet there's no Nothing. recourse. Very little, you know. And it's interesting. Uh, you were talking about a, a more recent story. There was a one of those Nigerian scams where they had right. uh, literally tried to steal some computer hardware from a local business, and they used a proxy here in New Hampshire. The proxy mm-hmm. didn't forward on the information. That individual actually is now looking at criminal prosecution. You have to be very careful about how you conduct yourself yeah. and online affairs. It really can be a, a very dangerous thing, and, and fa- quite frankly, if you're not careful, it can hurt you. Uh, today I was walking my dog on a leash. We had two off-leash dogs bark and run at us from the neighborhood, the neighbor's house across the road. Nothing happened between the dogs, but I was wondering what would happen if I had used a dog deterrent spray on the off-leash dogs. Could the owner of an off-leash dog seek legal action against me or make me pay the vet bill if I sprayed their dogs? Well, that's a great question, and I would tell you that, and I've said this many times on this broadcast before, that it doesn't... uh People can bring whatever kind of suit they want. Will they be successful in court is the real question. And if they were in violation of town ordinances about having dogs on leash, then I think you could argue that there is some, if you will, not necessarily a complete defense, but a mitigating circumstance and perhaps protect yourself in some way from you know a, a full-on lawsuit. Now, that doesn't mean that they won't bring a charge. That doesn't mean that you wouldn't have to hire a lawyer to defend that action. But if they are, in fact, running afoul of the law by not having their dog leashed, I think it does give you a modicum of protection if you want to protect yourself. And it's a legitimate use of that sure. spray. And, and that's, I think, the question is, you know, if it a, has a range of, you know, a long range, then there's a question about were you really in danger. And they're also, they, they wanted me to stipulate that it is a citronella type of uh, deterrent, not a pepper spray. Right. So it's not as harmful, but it's just a... a Certainly. A, a, and and okay. I think that you can use that reasonably yeah. in that circumstance. Scott McMullen for Legal Tuesday. Can my manager legally try to restrict my activities outside of work? She doesn't like my hobbies, because she thinks they are unsafe. Well, uh, you know, you're an employee at will, so if they find that there's a reason that they don't want you as their in their employee anymore, they can certainly fire you. To say that they make that a condition of employment, I think, is really beyond the scope of what an employer can do. But just keep in mind, as an employee at will, they can fire you without cause, and that would be enough for them to say, listen, we just don't want you here anymore. You're done. Yeah. Uh, here's one here. Let me see. I'm divorced three years. We share a four-year-old son. Uh, let me see. Visiting my ex twice a week up until March, which is until the way I get a DUI. Okay, i got to pre-read this. Cause okay, this That's okay. Uh, too long. I'll my, answer those yeah. questions off air if we okay. have to. My question is as a landlord. It, do I need to, if I need to go into a home to retrieve an item or meet with a contractor, is it required that I let the tenant be notified? You absolutely should give the tenant notice that you're entering the premise. In fact, there should be specific language within your lease that talks about those intrusions so that not only are you operating under a known set of guidelines and principles, but the tenant knows as well. Now, uh, second part, I recently had to meet a plumber there while the tenant was at work. I found pot on the counter as well as evidence that somebody else might be living at the house with this person. Obviously, I would increase the rent since utility would increase, which I'm paying. The drugs are obviously illegal. And how many nights is this other person staying there? 
Well, <laughs> again, you know, you're talking oh, about the expanding beyond the initial scope of going into the property. What I would tell you is that if you have, if there's, if you and anecdotal evidence that someone's there, I don't know that that's definitive proof that someone else is living in the property. So mm-hmm. I'd be cautious about raising the rent under those limited circumstances. I think a further investigation would perhaps warrant uh, a more serious uh, response. Adultery is against the law. No, they've decriminalized that here in New Hampshire. Here's a question. I'm going through a divorce right now, and my wife had committed adultery, but we're doing this divorce uncontested. It is on the claim form and all of the paperwork, but will she be fined since adultery is illegal? So that no, it's not illegal. No, it's, not, it's no longer a criminal action. There you go. Look at the little. There you Boom. go, buddy. Boom. <laughs> Boom. And there you Boom! go, folks. That's uh, it. On the grill. Crunchy, uh, yeah, wondering yeah. if the counselor can tell me anything about violating the national do not call list. Does that even work? Uh, it, it I now does, work from home and get about 10 call, sales calls a day. I'm on the DNC list and have been for several years. Based on the government websites, the penalty is $10,000 per violation. How difficult would it be? to successfully take a violator to court? And where would the fine go? It would be very difficult. Mm. You know, you'd have to literally track down the individual through records. You'd have to identify the the individual that made the call. You'd have to do it through perhaps a federal court action because I imagine that the phone call maker is out of state, and that would be a very difficult process. I'm not saying it's impossible. In terms of the fine, that would typically be levied against the individual and doesn't go to the person who perpetrates or brings the action, but would perhaps go to the federal government if it's a fine. I think what he's telling you is it's probably not worth it or not going to happen. Right. I mean, there's a time, if you will, result uh, analysis that you have to do here, and I don't know that it'd be worth the, the value of doing that. All right. We got more of your legal questions. Uh, Laura's got one. We'll come back after Kelly does news. We'll come back and get to more of those. You can still get them in. If you want to email us, Greg or Laura Roadkill at MorningBuzz.com. Legal Tuesday with Buzz Legal Advisor Attorney Ryan Russman. Uh, also, later in the show, 930, WWE superstar Rusev. Joins us in studio. That's coming up. We'll be right back after we lose this tail. This is Greg in the Morning Buzz.